In this episode, we are catching up on the latest running stories. We're talking about Safan Hassan heroically winning the London Marathon, Emma Bates crushing it at Boston as the first American female finisher, as well as some of the other stories you should check out if you haven't already. If you're tuning in for the first time, hi, I'm Lucy Beatrix, and I was a fashion model for a long time who got sober and started running. Last fall, I ran a 244 marathon at my second marathon ever, and I'm currently working to qualify for the US Olympic trials in 2024 and write a book, among other things. While I'm in a deep infatuation with the sport of running, as it's completely changed the trajectory of my own life, that's why I'm sharing with you all my own takeaways and inspiring stories in the running community. This episode is another installment of Fast Times, or my new running news segment. So let's jump right in. Safan Hassan. She wins the London Marathon in her 26.2 mile debut this past weekend. The Ethiopian-born Dutch Olympic champ has gold medals in the 5K and the 10K, two events that she won at the Tokyo Olympics. Now, I remember when this happened uh, the summer before last, and it was a really big deal to go race two events like the 5K and the 10K, which are the longer events on the track, and to win them both within days of each other. This was super inspiring, and needless to say, this weekend, all eyes were on Safan this, uh, as she was making her marathon debut, because everyone wanted to know how her speed on the track would translate to the marathon distance. So in some of the press conferences leading into the race, she is she's so funny. She mentions how wild the marathon is, saying, I don't know why the hell I wake up and I'm deciding to run a marathon, which is highly relatable. And um, coming from her, I found it really refreshing and funny because this person has two gold medals sitting at home from the Olympics, and she's saying this uh, the days leading up to the race. So the other thing that I found really unique going into the race is that her race preparation was... Uh, unconventional, as she reports having actually fasted for the weeks leading up to the race because of Ramadan. She is a Muslim. And so she didn't even dial in the fueling and hydration, typically um, the way that athletes do during long runs leading up to the event. For this reason, she was fasting. She wasn't even drinking water during the day. So this flies in the face of what we think we know of how everything needs to be perfect and you practice your gels and your everything. She just didn't do that at all. So I think that that's really uh, fascinating. And it says to me that there's also something else outside of the training and the perfect everything to go into a race that has a lot to do with your headspace. And so let's get into the drama of the actual event. So the race is underway and there's no one that has the obvious win. Like it's just a complete yo-yoing from the start of people kind of taking the lead and going back. And Hassan is there in that in that lead pack. But there's a point when she's on her own and she's falling back and she starts wincing. And she does something crazy, which is she stops, comes to a complete stop and starts stretching. And she does this not once, 
but twice where she just comes to a complete standstill and does these little stretches and then just speeds back up and keeps going. And um, it's here that the commentators of the London Marathon are remarking on Hassan saying things like, oh, this doesn't look good. You know, it's not good for someone to stop in the middle of a race, which is true. You don't really see it very often unless someone's about to drop out. And um, I'm wondering when I hear this from the commentators, if she can hear them. I don't know how it works. Like I've never, I, I don't know if they are just like speaking into a microphone as they're commentating the race and she can hear them or not. Because how discouraging would it be if you could hear someone saying, this doesn't look good. You know, it just seems like it'd be very hard. But she speeds up and ends up passing the people ahead of her and wins. She speeds up and beats everyone. And it's it's one of these races that has you on the edge of your seat from start to finish because you really think she's just going to stop. But... I, I mean, it's funny if you watch the finish, she look she's looking back constantly. She's just like, wait, 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 wait. Am, am I, am I winning? And <laughs> it's just, you feel that in the moment as you're watching it. And I know I felt it. I was like, I, I feel like she just like brought us all into that exact moment by her own reaction of finishing. So it's not even that she finishes first and breaks the tape. It's that she actually finished her first marathon. <laughs> it happens to be winning the London Marathon. Uh, what I love about this story is her humility before and after seeming to surprise herself by breaking the tape. And I love how her faith is so integral to her performance. It speaks to me whenever a runner seems to just do their own thing and do what works for them without trying to follow anyone else's blueprint of what you're supposed to do or what you're not supposed to do. Things like stopping during a race to stretch Sure, you can do that if you want. Safan Hassan did it. Uh, you know, fasting the weeks leading up to it. I would say if it's for religious purposes, the way it was for her, it worked. And maybe that was giving her all of the spiritual uh, ammunition she needed to go into it with the right headspace. And even, even if it's just not going into an event with the glaring confidence that you expect from an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist, but rather just being the most transparent and genuine person, saying exactly how she felt going into it and even how she felt afterwards, where she was just so shocked. It's really cool. And that's why I think I love this story so much. Um, I actually, a side note, I had a very vivid dream about Safan Hassan last night. And I was thinking about, I had this dream that I was on a flight with her and we were talking and I was talking to her about being Ethiopian born and what it was like moving to Holland. This is a dream. This isn't real. <laughs> this isn't like facts. But it was really crazy because I felt like her story just kind of like moved me and it must be somehow in my subconscious. So that's why I had to share it with you guys. Another story from last week is the one about Emma Bates, who is an American marathoner who left her mark on the Boston course running the race in two hours and 22 minutes and coming in fifth place as the first American female finisher. So Emma goes into this race knowing she's fit and ready to rip it up. And her coach is giving her the pat on the back saying, you got this, like, you know, you, you're ready to go. And I listened to Emma's interview on the Alley on the Run podcast while I ran yesterday. And what spoke to me the most was the piece of advice she gives on attacking huge running feats, and that is to run fearlessly, as well as to stay tethered to your why. And I thought about this because here's someone who just came in fifth place at Boston and ran this incredible time. 
And I thought, wow, that that is really great advice to run without any fears and to remember why you're running. Because in that moment, as I heard Emma saying this in my ears while I was running, I was thinking about how how when I remember why I chose to run, that was to get healthy and to feel like running was the thing that made me feel healthy. I was like, wow, I'm like I'm moving my body. I'm doing something productive with my body instead of just like putting alcohol into it every day. Um, and so remembering why I run is what makes me run more effortlessly. And that whole fearless component is saying, you know, people might doubt me and people might say this or that, but like, if you run without fear and run for yourself, you're going to do big things. And that's exactly what she did. So I think that that was the really cool piece of advice that I got from what she said about running Boston. And aside from her great achievement, running this crazy time on this crazy course, this sort of advice, um, as well as her earnestness, uh, earnestness after the race was really powerful to me because she admits that even as fifth place finisher of Boston, she wonders uh, how much is left in the tank. And she, she, she mentions this kind of like self-inflicted personal bettering thing that I relate to of, you know, you, you come in fifth place and you wonder if you could have been ahead even more or something. And I'm like hearing this thinking, wow, I really relate to that. Because I think about how if I had kicked at the end of the Chicago Marathon and run three, literally three seconds faster, I could have slipped under the 244 mark. And that little bit of I could have gone harder is a feeling that a lot of runners have even when they've done something really great or huge. It's like I could have gone a little harder, (laughs) but it's just something that we all have. And it kind of felt like I could relate in that moment to to Emma in some small way. That's my my way that I felt like I could relate to her. Um, She's also spoken since the race that she now has her eyes on breaking the American record for the marathon. Uh, possibly at a race this fall, which makes me wonder and just wonder since I know nothing, I have no insight uh, tips or anything, but if she will try to do this in Berlin at the Berlin Marathon, since that's still a lot of time from Berlin until the Olympic trials in February to hope to make the team. So she could run Berlin, break the American record, and then run in the trials, make the U.S. team, Boom. This is my prediction of what I think she might do. And let's just say it would be really cool if when I'm lining up at the event in Germany at the Berlin Marathon this September that I see her there and know you're going to try to get the American record in this moment. And I'm going to be about, I don't know, 15 minutes behind. I don't know exactly how much further behind, but quite a ways behind her. So this leads me to another point of running news that I'm finding really compelling right now. And that is the buzz surrounding the athletes, the women joining Puma, signing on with Puma. It seems like since 2023 began, I have noticed more and more of the runners that I follow closely individually have signed onto Puma's pro team, including Natasha Rogers, Fiona O'Keefe, and more recently, uh, Coco or Constance Klosterhofen, um, the German runner who was with Nike and she just recently signed to Puma. And I had noticed that Coco and Natasha Rogers were both training in Kenya over the winter. So it's kind of funny to think like maybe they were like hanging out and talking. I mean, I'm sure they were. They're both these amazing 10K runners. So it's cool that they're they're uh, they're all kind of on the same pe- team now. And these runners have yet to make their marathon debuts. They are phenomenal 5K and 10K track stars. So when they do take the great leap into racing the 26.2 mile distance, 
It's looking like Puma will have quite a stacked roster of insane talent in the marathon. And if I could make a dream team of budding marathon all-stars, it would be this team. I'm pretty sure that Puma knows this too, because it doesn't seem like a mystery that they happen to have signed these amazing runners. So I just have to point it out from my point of view as a fangirl of these runners who are now all training together, how cool it is to watch it unfold. I'm like, man, this is, uh, this is going to be very interesting the next year or two. And finally, I want to leave you all with a call to action, and that is to go read my friend Addis's latest story for Runner's World. It dropped yesterday. It's called How College Coaches Can Best Support Their Black Athletes. I love how Addis shares her own experience as well as interviews different coaches on the specific ways that they can include and foster the narratives of black runners to thrive in the sport. She points out how instilled microaggressions can snowball over time, as well as she lays down the roadmap to what questions to consider when building an inclusive team. You can read the entire piece through the link in the show notes, and yeah, I hope you check it out. Thanks so much for tuning in to my show. That's all I have for you today. Um, I'm really liking doing these Fast Times episodes. So if you have any feedback or anything you want me to talk about, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. And until next time, just be fast, just win. Just win.